I want to tell you about a podcast you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. As a parent myself of a child who's had an IEP since kindergarten and he's now a 10th grader, I know how confusing, overwhelming, frustrating, sometimes daunting the whole process can be. I checked out an episode of Understood Explains called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 Plans. And what I love about it is how easily Juliana explains everything. She answers common questions that probably every parent or caregiver has. She dispels myths and is concise and to the point. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. And there's a direct link in the show notes if you need it. You're listening to Make Some Noise Podcast, Minnesota number 567. Welcome to Make Some Noise Podcast, your guide for strategies, tools, and insight to empower yourself. I'm your host, Andrea Owen, global speaker, entrepreneur, life coach since 2007, and author of three books that have been translated into 18 languages and are available in 22 countries. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a lesson that will help you maximize unshakable confidence, master resilience, and make some noise in your life. You ready? Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. If you listened to the intro of episode 566, the last one with Brendan Fitzgibbons, just from a couple of days ago, you remember me saying that I was not firing on all cylinders because, you know, my cycle... Same day, same morning that I'm I'm recording this. So please forgive if I'm a little slow this morning. And you know what else I, I realized after I recorded that intro is that I am, for the first time since I've been diagnosed with Hashimoto's, and then you guys have heard me talk about that whole saga. It took me 18 months to get diagnosed, took a full year before I got on the right meds. Uh, just the whole, you know, p- protocol for treatment. And Let's see, when did that happen? Earlier this year, around February, and I'm recording this in November of that same year. I'm having my first uh, flare-up, I realized. I was wondering why my body hurts so bad. And uh, it's the same symptoms that I was having previously. And my doctor, I went and saw a functional medicine doctor, and she told me that this will likely happen with an autoimmune. I will go through phases of feeling really good. And also, like, let's be honest, have I been eating more sugar than I probably should that my body can <laughs> process <laughs> for a regular human? Probably, probably. But damn those peanut M&Ms at the end of the day. So here I go to just kind of starting over, you know, just take, taking inventory of all of the things that I'm doing or not doing that are impacting my physical health and how I feel on a day-to-day basis. And yeah, I guess this is just life with a chronic autoimmune disorder. So to all my fellow autoimmune people out there, I see you. And hey, I guess this is how it goes. It's just it's just the ride 
that we are on. But I, I wanted to make this particular mini-sode, <laughs> the origin story of it, I will tell you. All right. So I don't watch that much reality TV. I have nothing against it. I have nothing against it. I just don't. I wish I had more time to watch. There's so much good TV out there, you guys. Like, there's so many good shows, so many good dramas and comedies and, and reality shows. Like, I wish that I could get on board uh, because I want to be a part of the community that talks about what is it? Is it the one where they love Island? Is that it? Or like, par- par- so whatever, whatever, like the, the dating shows are. Where people go and and I want to be a part of that. Not like I don't want to be on that show, but I want to be a part of the conversation is what I'm trying to tell you. All of those, like the 90 Day Fiance and all. And and you know what else I'm I'm disappointed that I am not a part of? The Real Housewives franchise. It looks so interesting. But I will tell you what I have been hooked on. Anybody out there watch Selling Sunset? And... Selling the OC, which is the same real estate group, the Oppenheimer group. All right. So for those of you that don't know, Selling Sunset and Selling the OC revolves around a real estate brokerage that was founded, I'm pretty sure it was like generations ago. And the people that run it now are these two men who are twins, uh, Jason and I think Brett Oppenheimer. And they have a bunch of real estate agents that work there. And they've selected a handful of them, I guess, that wanted to be on this reality show. And I believe it started with Selling Sunset, which is in Los Angeles. And then now they have a branch off, a spinoff in Orange County. And I've watched both. Partly for the real estate. Like, are you kidding? Because I grew up in Southern California. I did not grow up in those homes in Southern California. But, you know, of course, I love seeing it. And... I got, of course, I got sucked into the drama. And here's where my thoughts. Part of what sucks me in are the way that these people behave towards one another. And as someone who's been in personal development and, and a large part of my work is around communication, it's so interesting for me to watch what goes down. And I, I want to say this too. Of course, these shows are edited. (laughs) Of course, they're edited. And it's likely that the producers might choose parts of conversations to make people look out to be certain. They create characters is what they create. And I also wonder, I don't know this, but I remember when uh, the it was selling Sunset. And does anybody remember the, um, the woman, Christine Quinn? She's this stunning statuesque blonde who within the first season, you knew she was going to cause trouble and there was going to be drama with her. And I thought to myself, I think she's doing this on purpose. I think she knows reality TV. And I think it's genius, to be honest with you. I think she knows reality TV enough that if she creates this like caricature of herself for this show, and because and becomes the most popular person on the show she can create a persona of herself and it's a brand it's a brand that she can market i thought that from the first handful of episodes and i don't love it but i respect it <laughs> i have so much respect for that 
damn, that's genius. And I'm sure she's not the only one who's done that. You know, I think a lot of people sign up for that and they're like, oh, I'm going to be my authentic self. And it's like, sometimes normal, healthy people are boring when it comes to reality TV. Reality TV doesn't want to see people working out, you know, their differences in a healthy, kind manner, unless unless it's a TV show specifically about that, like that that's what they're t- tuning in for. No, people tune in for the drama. I tune in to Selling Sunset and Selling the OC for the real estate, the clothes. Are you kidding me? These dresses? These dresses with, and the women in these dresses will stop traffic. Stunning. Oh my God. And the conflict. But as a trained professional, I wanted to come to this mini-sode and, and talk to you about a couple of characters that I see on there. And I'm using the term characters because I, I do think that they're edited for the show. And I just it's hard for me to imagine that these people are like this all the time in their real life. <laughs> and let's start with there's a there's a character on Selling Sunset, whose name is Polly, and she is an adorable, gorgeous woman from the UK, with, of course, a British accent. Stunning, stunning woman. And also, so much drama. And then there's a woman on Selling the OC, which I think she's a newer character to this season, because Christine Quinn is gone, but her name is Nicole. Also stunning woman. And I've noticed a pattern with both of these particular women. And it looks like this. The, especially Polly, and I and I don't mean to pick on this person. I do think that, you know, of course it's edited and and I just I'm using it, I'm using her as it's a teaching moment. It's a teaching moment. Not that I think Polly will ever listen to us, but it's a teaching moment. What I notice with all of these reality shows is that Shit gets kicked up on purpose. Drama happens on purpose. Because you know, they know that the cameras are on and they're shit talking each other and they know that it's not going to stay within that conversation. They know it's going to get back to that other person. And so that kind of stuff happens. And sometimes it's really mean. It's, It's mean. And drama happens on purpose, from what I can tell. And then an argument takes place. And sometimes it's, you know, it's a fight. And I've seen clips of this on Real Housewives so many times. So it's this is a thing in reality TV. And when I see the conflict happen, it is throwing daggers, just mean back and forth. And then there's a jockeying for who has it harder or who has been through worse heartache. They're either bringing up their own stuff or other people are defending the person and saying like, well, you know, she had this happen. And, you know, so it's like a, it's a group effort and they shame each other. There was an argument that happened on Selling OC where, and it involved the Nicole woman and Chriselle, the other character to ask her if she's on drugs because Chriselle knew that Nicole sometimes partakes in mushrooms, which I'm like, girl, go for it. Like, <laughs> that's your recreational times, whatever. 
And that was a low blow. That was a low blow. And it surprised me from the particular person, Chriselle, because she tends to not do that. She tends to kind of be the bigger person. Oh, I don't like that term. Another podcast episode is going on that, but you know what I mean. And so it was just like, and, and, and we all do this, right? Like when we are pushed to the point where we have had enough, sometimes we go in for the low blow. And that's what happened in this particular episode. And and then it just it then it just escalated from there. And here is my point. It's not my point to, to you know, you get you know the how these reality shows are. My point is that rarely, if ever, does anyone take accountability and responsibility for their behavior. The only time I've seen it happen is when people are already good friends and they'll do that. But rarely, if ever, do people do that when they're already adversaries. And maybe they do it off camera where we don't see it because it's just not, (laughs) probably wouldn't make people tune in as much. But the thing that I really noticed that shines the brightest is the fact that when people have done something so, like it makes me uncomfortable to watch people behave so badly and then not circle back and clean it up. Because we are all guilty of behaving at not our best, of saying things out of anger and hurt and fear. Those are, I think those are the big three. When we come from a place of anger, hurt, or fear, especially if it's an old wound or especially if we are knee-jerk reacting to someone who has hurt us or made us afraid or made us angry, we are not acting as as our best self. We are not acting in accordance to our values. And we can be shitty to one another. So when I watch it, I just like, oh, I feel like the secondhand, just massive discomfort that it's not cleaned up. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to tell you how to do that and what that might look like, because that is the hardest part. Be right back. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. 
When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. All right. So before I even get into it about how to take accountability, how to clean things up, I want to say this because some of you might be thinking it. And I understand the hesitation or never doing it because of the risk or the history that someone has ended up using that against you. And it could look a couple of different ways when someone holds that against you. So say you get into an argument. I'll keep it simple. So you get into an argument with someone. And let's say during the argument, you pause. And you can tell that you've hurt that person. And you say, I'm sorry. I, I, didn't, I didn't mean that, those words. I'm just, I'm hurt. And I, didn't, I don't mean to behave like this. And I just, that probably hurt you. And I'm sorry that I said it. I'll try not to, to say that again. That person could immediately turn around and say, you always do this and just sort of push back and, you know, feelings are still really high and it's not a good time to have a heart to heart or just for the sake of you being vulnerable in that moment, the person can, can use that as sort of like an animal <laughs> laying on their back and showing you their belly and neck to strike. So that can happen for sure. And it's those moments to think about exactly how you want to, the words, the exact words that you want to use to hold yourself accountable and just to to take responsibility for your behavior. And the other, you know, maybe it's time to point out what that person is doing in response to your apology and your amends. Okay, so here's what it might look like. Let's use the examples uh, that I gave just for for hypothetical purposes. The argument that happened on Selling Sunset where Nicole and Chriselle are arguing and they're arguing and Chriselle says to Nicole, you're acting so out of hand, are you on drugs? Then Nicole pushes back. And then Chriselle says, like, you've admitted to doing drugs before. You know, okay. And multiple people, P.S., multiple people said to Chriselle, that was a low blow. Like, that probably shouldn't have been said. And she still never took it back. Never said, I regret saying that. Never apologized to Nicole. And like, let's be honest, like, Nicole was being shitty too. It, it just got completely out of hand. 
And it was like a longstanding argument that they'd had like over many episodes. Just the whole thing. I was like, what? I, I, if they need someone to come in there and sit down with them and act as a mediator, I, I would happily be paid for that (laughs) by the network. Anyway, what Chriselle could have said, and this would have been incredibly vulnerable and difficult, I know. She could have come to Nicole later and said, hey, I know that we've been arguing about this thing for a while and I know it's still not resolved and we have other conversations to have. However, when I brought up that I thought you were on drugs in front of, in front of the cameras, I feel like that was not my best moment. And that absolutely was a low blow. And I was really hurt and really angry. And I don't mean to make excuses, but my point is, is that I really want to apologize to you. And I'm really sorry. And that won't happen again. And in, in this particular case, you know, if you have like a long-standing argument with someone, which this was, it was a much bigger issue than just that moment. You could say, you know, I'm I'm not apologizing for the whole thing. We still have some things to work out. But that comment that I made, I didn't feel great about that. And I want, you know, if we're going to work this out, I want to be my best self. And that wasn't it. And so I'm sorry about that particular thing. So that's what it might look like. Taking responsibility, taking accountability for your behavior. Things like this also happen at work. I have a corporate client who they are struggling with someone on their team who makes mistakes at the same rate that everybody else does. You know, it's it's not that this person is making more mistakes than anybody else, but the difference is that this particular person will never take responsibility and it's frustrating to the other members of the team. This particular person always gets defensive and puts the blame on other people and makes excuses. And it just, it wastes time and it makes everyone frustrated and it makes the other people on the team feel like that other person isn't a team player. And so what it might look like at work, and and again, like work can be a very vulnerable place to take accountability for your mistakes because you might think, you know, your livelihood depends on it. You might think if I take responsibility, then I'm admitting that I made a mistake, that I'm admitting that I'm falling short and I could get I could get let go or I could get passed up for a promotion. So I just want to acknowledge that. But what it might look like at work, you know, in that particular situation with the the client I mentioned, you could say, yeah, you're you're right. I did drop the ball on that and I I am sorry. And and for context, and it's it's so big PS, it's okay to give some context. There's a difference between Making excuses. Excuses happen when you don't take any responsibility at all or you're placing blame somewhere else. That's excuses. Context is more like you're just letting people in and giving them a little bit more information as to why you may have behaved that way. 
And it can add to the information of what you're going to try to do better next time, how you're going to help solve the problem. So it might sound like this. You're right. I I absolutely dropped the ball on that. And and I'm so sorry. I know that it made more work for everybody else. And now we have this, this client that's upset for some context. You know, I have, a, I have a new baby at home and I haven't been getting a whole lot of sleep. And what we're doing at home to remedy that is X, Y, and Z. And can we also have a conversation about how I can get help on this particular arm of the project so it won't help? Again, I do totally want to take responsibility for my part in this mistake. And can we have a conversation on how we might be able to fix it so it doesn't help again? I need some help with this in order to make sure it doesn't happen again. So that looks like you're naming and taking responsibility for your mistake. You're talking about what might have have added to that mistake or kind of aided in the mistake. And you're also asking for help in order to make sure that it doesn't happen again. I mean, maybe you don't have to ask for help. Maybe it's all on you and, and you can figure it out. But, you know, let's all try not to make promises that we might not be able to keep. And I think that the, the last thing I want to say about this topic is that, you know, it's like, who cares? Why does this matter so much? <laughs> when you take responsibility for your mistakes, whether it's in your personal relationships or whether it's at work, that's building trust. It's an incredibly vulnerable thing to do. And it is also building trust. We build trust in small increments over time. And this is one of them. Because in those moments, what you're also saying is, I'm human. I'm human and I am not perfect, just like everybody else. It shows your common humanity It shows that you are willing to look inside of yourself, admit that you make mistakes sometimes, and also admit that you're willing to work on them. That builds so much trust over time. It's it's not instantaneous. It's not just going to happen in in this one moment, but it's these small moments that build trust over time. So that's all. I'm keeping it short today. Again, if you want to be coached on the podcast or you are open to answering those two survey questions, if you head on over to andreaowen.com slash links, that's where everything is. Thank you so much. And hey, if you know any any of the producers at these reality shows and you want to introduce me to be the, the communication mediator, <laughs> to teach them how to apologize and also, you know, common humanity and empathy, empathy and those types of things, I might be your girl. Thank you so much for joining me. I will see you soon on the podcast. And remember, it's our life's journey to make ourselves better humans and our life's responsibility to make the world a better place. Bye for now. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening. I would be so incredibly grateful if you haven't done so already, if you could leave a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Super easy if you already listen to your shows over there. Um, But if you don't, or maybe you have the app on your phone, but you listen to the show on a different app, if you could leave a review for this show, it matters so much. I wish I could express how much it matters. I also wish that it didn't matter so much, but alas, it does. So if you haven't already, please go review and rate the show. It would mean so much to me. And thank you so much. I hope you have an amazing day.
Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model. So that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.